Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 339 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, a little bit late with with this topic. I, I really wanted to do this last week during Thanksgiving here in the United States, where we just kind of take a little break and the whole idea is to reflect and think about what we're grateful for. And I took a, a little bit of time to think about that related to tennis. And so I'm going to share four things. I think kind of the four major main categories of things I'm really grateful for in tennis. And for all four of those, I'll share a little bit of, of personal experience, why I feel like it, it's been really inf- really transformative for me and extremely important for me in my life. And then I'll, I'll also give you a super actionable and practical tip that you can follow to dive deeper into that part of the game as well. So it's not going to just be story time, but I'll give a little bit of context and a little bit of reason why I believe it's such an important part of tennis for me. But then I'll also be giving you some some guidance on how you can hopefully cultivate that that benefit of tennis more for yourself as well. So we'll be going over four four different things. The first one that came to mind, and these these are in no particular order, by the way, but the first one that that I thought of thing about tennis that I'm really thankful for over the the course of my life, and just really short, a little bit of context. I started playing when I was about ten or eleven years old. At first, just very recreationally in the driveway or at a, a park a couple blocks away with with my brother with my friends. I didn't really take any real lessons or instruction until I was in my teens. Played high school tennis, played college tennis, and and knew by the time I was in high school that I just wanted to make tennis my life and my career. And this first one was a big part of that. The first two, really. The first one being discipline. And what I mean by discipline is more the... Being structured, uh, holding yourself accountable. I'm I'm big on personal responsibility, taking taking ownership of actions and taking ownership of outcomes. And tennis teaches you that in a very st- kind of stark way, in a very aggressive way, because it's all up to you out there. In particular, in singles, but but even in doubles, when you have a partner, you are responsible for your own shots. You are responsible for being a good teammate, for being a good partner, even in doubles. But in particular, in singles, you're literally alone. You you are literally isolated, all by yourself. There there is no coach, there is no teammate, there is no other person that you can blame it on. Besides, I suppose your opponent. <laughs> and we've talked about that in the past and why why that's never a good route to go down. But if you want to be successful, the onus all has to be on you. And that mindset has cultivated a lot of personal responsibility in me. Being on the court and having to problem solve and come up with a solution to very difficult mental and emotional and tactical and physical problems on the fly I have personally valued that development of myself tremendously. And it's something that I think is tremendous for kids, too, de- developing into well-rounded human beings. Um, but the same thing for adults. The, a lot of, and we see this a lot with, a, with adult 
athletes who work with us or ask questions and, and engage with our content online, people who didn't grow up playing sports and then pick up tennis later as, as a, you know, a middle-aged person have to come to terms with those things a lot, a lot of times for the very first time. And it's kind of fascinating for me to, to watch people work through that and come face-to-face with the reality of having to take responsibility for the outcome of a match or having to take responsibility for double faulting on set point or take responsibility for their own actions, their own response, their own outbursts on the court, their emotions, their their response internally to struggle and anxiety and nervousness and all those kinds of things. And so in facing those things head on, I, th- I think it develops a great deal of perseverance and discipline. And it's one of the things that I love the most about the game of tennis. And so an actual actionable tip, some something that I have always kind of strived for personally that you can feel free to adopt or not, but just the principle behind it I think is important is you can make the decision. You can take ownership and be responsible for your own effort on the court. Every time you walk out onto the court and a very specific actionable way that you can do that is just make the objective decision that you will run for the ball until it bounces twice every time it comes onto your side of the court. Meaning, no more are you are you going to allow yourself to stand and watch a good shot bounce for the second time. Make the decision that you will go run after the ball. And I, this sounds super basic and and maybe even overly obvious, but when you make that decision, if you just just try it the next time you you play a match or go for a training session. Make the conscious decision ahead of time to not stop running after any ball until it's either landed out of bounds and you've called it out, or you get to the ball, or until the ball bounces twice if you were not able to get to it. And you will probably be very surprised at how many shots you assume you cannot get to. And you'll never actually know for sure until you actually just try. And so, that for me is just a very practical, actionable way that you can start to cultivate more discipline, more mental toughness, and more personal responsibility on the court. You can control your level of effort and you can make a decision to give full effort each and every time the ball goes over to your side of the court. And it's just a small way and yet really a, a big way that you can develop more of that in your own game. And that, of course, you know, carries over to the rest of your life as well. Such a big reason why uh, I've loved tennis for my entire life. So that's number one, discipline. Number two, personal development, which is kind of a kind of a cliche like term or phrase, and kind of a you know buzzword or or buzz phrase over uh, I would say the last decade or two with you know Tony Robbins and all those kinds of figures who are trying to help people find happiness and and be more self-aware and be more in tune with with who they are. And I feel like tennis, the experience of pushing yourself and trying to be the best tennis player that you can be, carries with it so much of that self-awareness and personal development side of things. Because 
you can only improve at the game of tennis to the degree that you know yourself. And I mean really, truly, deeply know your strengths, your weaknesses, your flaws, the athletic uh, strengths and weaknesses that you have, the, the pros and cons, the, the balance sheet. If you don't full, to, to the degree that you know those different things is to the degree that you can improve. And to the degree that those things are clouded and unclear is to the degree that you'll struggle and you'll come up against roadblocks that you don't know why they're there. And the answer is, is actually right there standing in front of you, staring you in the face. But if you're too afraid to look and actually uh, bring on that next level of awareness, then you'll never be able to pinpoint with, with any kind of certainty or accuracy or reliability what's actually happening in your game. And this is why for years and years I've been such a massive propo- proponent of video because the truth is there are two realities happening every time a tennis ball is struck. There's the internal reality of what it feels like and looks like and, and sounds like from the player's perspective, their, their internal experience of what it's like to hit a tennis ball and play a point and, and play a match. But then there's a very, very different reality of what it looks like and sounds like and is like on the outside from an external perspective, a third, a third person, obje- more objective perspective. When we only use our internal compass, it's very easy to, to fool ourselves. Not, not that we're necessarily trying to hide things from ourselves, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that we're afraid of what the truth is, but it's just, it's very, very difficult to feel what it's like accurately. And this is just a universal truth. I know from personal experience, having hit millions of tennis balls and seen myself on video, it's two different things. And having worked with players, hundreds of players, showing them themselves on video for the very first time and seeing their response and learning from their own perspective how big of a gap there was between, wow, I I thought I was doing this, but it's the opposite. And I thought this was a strength, but I'm really off base. And sometimes even I I thought I, I wasn't doing this at all. I thought this was like a huge gap in my game, but I actually am doing it. And so I don't have to be so worried about that anymore. It, go, it goes in both directions. But the bottom line is, in life and in tennis, you can only develop and improve to the extent that you are honest with yourself and have a clear picture of what's actually happening. And so I'm so grateful for tennis because it's led to so much of my own kind of self-discovery. And not just being on the courts and and coaching and playing, that's definitely part of it, but also over the last decade, making content, recording podcasts, recording videos, writing emails, and then going back and watching and listening to those things and reading those things brings an incredibly deep understanding of the self that otherwise wouldn't be there. And so actionable tips here are video and writing. Bob Litwin in the previous episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard that episode, number 338, please listen to it. It was extremely insightful, and Bob is a huge proponent of just journaling. Nothing fancy, not trying to, you know, 
win a Pulitzer Prize or anything, not trying to be uh, poetic or or write anything that's that's super um, dense or, or super impressive sounding or reading, but literally just putting down thoughts and phrases. Like it doesn't even have to be complete sentences or paragraphs. And in, in writing those things down, you have the opportunity to then view them as if they were kind of written by somebody else. You have a little bit of separation there. It's no longer just thoughts in your head, which are, you know, come and go and, and can be so random and so difficult to pin down. Well, once you start really recording your ideas and your thoughts and your feelings and your experiences about your game or even the rest of your life, then you can really start to become more self-aware and see where you're getting hung up. And things that, that both in video and in, in writing things down, things that used to feel like it was such a mystery can suddenly become incredibly clear very, very quickly. So... Record yourself on video, watch it back, and start writing some notes after matches and after training sessions. And it could be on your phone, it could be on your tablet or laptop, it could be in a notebook. Doesn't matter what it is. Start making some notes. And as you look back through them, uh, even, even in real time, as you write down your thoughts and how it felt to play that day, in real time, you'll start to experience a deeper level of understanding of what's happening. But but looking back as well over the days and months and years, you can really see the growth and the development and 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 have a much deeper and, and more clear understanding of, of who you are and why some things maybe are more of a struggle than they should be and, and other things are a big strength. And that goes a really long ways to helping you develop yourself as a person and, and as a player. So that's number two. Personal development. Number three thing that I'm thankful for in tennis is travel. And this this is a big one for me. I grew up in a family that really didn't do travel. <laughs> there was kind of a uh, a couple predetermined things, you know, going to the grandparents' house, maybe out of state. Uh, but that was about it. We didn't do a whole lot of traveling around. And so once I really got into tennis and in particular left and, and went to college and, and got on uh, an NCAA college team, all of a sudden tennis started to really open up a, a huge level of awareness and and provide a much deeper uh, and, and wider level of experience of a lot of different locations and uh, places on on the globe and different cultures. And in college, it was all about spring break trips. And we would typically take a, a big van ride down south. Uh, I went to school in Michigan. And so we would drive uh, down and play uh, schools in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and then circle back up again and take a take a week, week and a half and, and play a bunch of different teams. That was an incredible experience. And we all three years that I was on a college team, we made it to nationals as well. So the NCAA would fly us to the national tournament and got to experience lots of different locations there as well. And just the traveling with the teammates and the, the camaraderie was incredible. And now as a coach, over the years, I've, I've traveled to work with students all over from Costa Rica to Hawaii, Arizona, California, New, New York. These are all places that I maybe would have gone just to visit, but probably not. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of a 
a homebody and I don't really leave unless I have a really good reason to. And all of those locations are places that I've worked with students and have been able to meet students I never would have been able to meet and see places and cultures that I never would have been able to, to see or experience without the game of tennis. And so an actionable tip here, I'm always kind of surprised when I talk to fans of our content when I, when I ask how many people have ever seen a professional tournament before. And the percentages always are lower than what I would expect. I mean, if you're listening to my voice, then you're a much, much more passionate than average tennis player. And yet many, many of our followers, I would say probably a majority, have never seen a professional level tournament. And so I would encourage you strongly to, for the experience of traveling someplace new and for the experience of being able to witness firsthand, up close and personal, that level of execution of the game, it is worth however much it costs. It doesn't have to be Wimbledon, you know, center court for the finals. Like You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Just do a Google search for professional tournaments. It could be a 250 level events in a small town. It doesn't have to be some big world. Well, any professional event is obviously a world-class event, but it doesn't have to be an elite professional event for it to be incredibly eye-opening, both from a level of play standpoint, but also from experiencing the game in a different location than where you tend to experience it. And that would be my second suggestion would be to go play tennis in a geographical location that you've never played before. The courts will probably be different. The environment will probably be different. The air, the the bounce of the ball, the traditions of like, you know, how the courts are used and how much time you get and what the culture is like around that, that facility or around uh, those courts, wherever you happen to play. It's a new experience in it what it helps is to expand your appreciation and love of the game. Because when you start to get out there and experience the game at all different levels and in all different locations around the world, what you start to realize is the game is so incredibly wide and so incredibly deep. And if you kind of just get stuck in a rut of going to the same courts, playing against the same people day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, Don't get me wrong, you can still have an incredibly enjoyable and fulfilling experience in the game of tennis that way, but it's like, I don't know, it would be like only eating salad for your entire life or only eating white rice, just plain rice like for your entire life and and never even trying any other type of food outside of those two things. Maybe for some of you listening, that sounds appealing, but I'm just telling you firsthand that this is one of those things that I've been extremely thankful for over the years. And I know tennis will continue to give me lots of opportunities to experience lots of other different locations and cultures and, and feels of, you know, different types of feel for the game of tennis. And it helps me appreciate and love the game that much more every time I experience something a little bit different, a little bit different nuance or twist. So that's number three. Uh, Number one was discipline. Number two, personal development. Number three, travel. And finally, number four, definitely had to have this on the list. And I'm sure I can make a much bigger list than this, but these are definitely the top four. Number four for me is people. The, The people that have been in my life on the court and off the court because of tennis 
there's no question have been just the most uh, transformative, inspirational, uh, impactful relationships that I've had in my life. And just a couple of examples of that quickly. I mean, coaches. Most of us who've been around the game for a long period of time have had a coach or two that has just been deeply impactful for us. If, if you're blessed enough to be able to, to pursue coaching and, and take lessons on a regular basis, then hopefully sooner or later you've been paired up with somebody that's just just an incredible human being. Somebody who's gracious and humble and yet intense and wise and has like incredible understanding and is patient and has the ability to explain to you things in a in a ton of different ways so that you can finally get it and just make you know those little breakthroughs every time you walk onto the court with them. It's a really special kind of person. And when you find that kind of person and you spend a lot of time with them, it just really builds a, a special kind of relationship. And for me, my coach growing up as a kid, really the, the only person I took lessons from as a as a junior player was that kind of person for me. And so just very, very influential and inspiring, you know, person for me and really definitely shaped and directed the the path that, that I've been on my entire life. And then moving forward from there in college, briefly earlier, I, I kind of alluded to the the colleagues I had. In, in college and the camaraderie that we had on, on the team, I played with with incredible people and players from all over the world. We had players on our team from the Czech Republic and Venezuela and Mexico and England and Greece. And being able to experience all those different people and cultures and game styles and personalities and, you know, travel in a van that was way too small for too many people and all those kinds of experiences and, and memories and and then piling out of the van and having to try to win and and go into battle with with these people that you build relationships with was was really incredible and, and definitely one of the highlights of of my life was was playing college tennis and so if you have yet to experience team tennis in a in a club environment or a local court environment or you know if if you have a community league like is so popular in in Atlanta that type of environment any kind of competitive team environment can be extremely uh, rewarding and fulfilling not always sometimes there's a lot of there, sometimes there's drama and it, there can be it can be a little bit taxing emotionally, but if you find the right group of people, then the experience is extremely, extremely valuable. And now, now that tennis has been my my job for almost twenty years, the the coaching colleagues that I've had have been some of the the most rewarding relationships I've had as well. Just to be able to pursue improvement of students alongside other people who who care deeply about the game, uh, who have an incredible knowledge and ability to communicate about the game. And those, those relationships, both in a club environment and now through Essential Tennis over the last eight or nine years, uh, has, has been extremely rewarding and fulfilling and has helped me grow as a person and as a coach tremendously. I, I've learned so much from the people that I've taught alongside. So, those relationships are definitely the most meaningful outside of my actual family. And so my kind of actionable suggestion to you would be 
purposefully seek out and play with new and different people on a somewhat regular basis. Seek out just even if it's going out and just hitting with somebody that you haven't hit with before, if you can do that once a month or every other month, uh, just go experience what it's like to hit with different levels of, of people, different personalities, uh, different maybe parts of the town or the region that you're in. You'll find different little pockets of types of people and types of player. And just like the different geographical locations, you know, if, as you travel around the world and experience different types of courts and customs, it, it starts to open up and, and give you a, a, a wider and deeper perspective of the game. And as a result of kind of venturing out outside your comfort zone, you start to build relationships with people that you wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have had otherwise. And when you look back after years or even decades of, of doing that on purpose, the, the culmination of all those different relationships can really add up to be a really powerful thing. So those are the four main reasons why I'm thankful for tennis. A couple of actionable suggestions and tips in there as well. Hopefully this gave you some ideas and helped you to reflect on your own game, your own experiences, on, on what you're grateful for in the game of tennis. And of course, as always, if you're listening right now, I'm very thankful, grateful for you as well. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this has been helpful and I'll talk to you again next time. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.